So welcome to this edition of Talking HR with Lori and Lisa, where as always, our goal is to give you a real look at today's HR world through the sharing of experiences, knowledge, and inspiring people practices. I'm your host, Lisa Fuller. And I'm Lisa's co-host, Lori Rolkoff. Our guest today is the head of the third largest city in Canada, the city of Calgary, with a full-time staff of 15,000 and a $4 billion annual budget. We're so fortunate that he has graciously accepted our invitation to share his thoughts on leadership and HR in the Canadian public sector. I worked with David Duckworth for many years at the city of Kamloops here in BC prior to him taking on the role as CAO of the city of Calgary. So it's a great opportunity for us to reconnect and maybe share a few memories. And I had the good fortune to work with David myself on a few projects um, as well. So I'm really excited to spend a few minutes together and draw upon our conversation and learn about your leadership practices. So welcome, David, and thank you for taking the time from your busy schedule to be with us. Thank you, Lisa and Lori. I'm, I'm pleased to be here with you today. So before we dive into questions for you, um, David, maybe you can share a little bit about your journey from BC to Calgary. I know you were initially hired at the city of Calgary as the general manager of utilities and environmental protection just a couple of years ago, but let us know sort of um, a little bit more about your journey and story. Yeah, well, thanks for that. The journey has been quite fascinating. Actually, it's been, uh, it's been quite a ride. So you're correct. I joined the city of Calgary in March of 2018 as the general manager of utilities and environmental protection, really protecting air, land, and uh, water quality here at the city of, of Calgary. Um, I spent about a year, just under a year in that role. And then at the time, our city manager had announced that he was deciding to retire and step down and move back to Ontario, where his wife and family uh, still actually resided. And then we went through um, a recruitment process at the city. And I thought, you know, while I thought maybe it might be a little bit too soon for me, because the city of Calgary is an incredibly large organization, I thought maybe I'm not quite ready because it's just too big and I'm still learning and I'm still trying to get to learn not just the city operations, but the city itself where we live. But I thought, you know what, if I don't put up my hand up now, maybe the time will never come. So uh, I thought I'd put my hand up, express interest in the position as being city manager. And uh, lo and behold, I was successful in uh, my mission to become a city manager. So I became officially city manager of the city of Calgary in September of 2019. It seems like it was a long, long, long time ago, but it has not been that long. It's been just about a year and a half, but uh, it's been a, it's been a fun ride. It's been a real fun ride. So, if it wasn't really for the for the uh, the staff at the city supporting me, it wasn't for my wife supporting me and our family here in Calgary. I, I don't know if I'd have the opportunity and and be able to actually do it. Quite frankly, but everybody's just been so fantastic. So, David, you've had over 30 years of local government experience. And there was a recent report by the Policy Forum, which looked at improving public sector recruitment and retention in Canada. And they had identified three aspects that attracted younger people to working in the public sector, which were the broad impact on society, the work can bring, financial security and professional growth. What motivated you to join the public service at the time 30 years ago? That's a great question. I can tell you it probably starts with my father. When I was born, my father was an alderman, or now known as a counselor, in the community where, where we lived in Langley, British Columbia. Uh, he eventually went on to become mayor. And so I spent a, a lot of time with my father 
and my mother traveling to certain local government events, UBCM, FCM. So I spent a lot of time. I learned a lot from my father about giving back to the community that you live in. So when I went to UBC to get my undergrad degree as a civil engineer, I wasn't really sure I would end up in the public sector, but an incredible opportunity working for the city of Vancouver came up right when I graduated. And uh, knowing what a career in the public sector could offer for me largely because of my father, I jumped in with both feet and uh, joined the city of Vancouver at the time, where I, quite frankly, I thought I'd spend my entire career. When I look back, it's incredible all the different changes that we've made, but uh, it was really stems from my my father's time as an elected official and me watching him and learning. And, and I remember at the time, people asking me as a, when I was a child if I would want to be grow up and be mere like my dad one day. And I, I was the I always liked the tractors and the pipes and the pavement and the construction crews. And so I, I think I always answered, no, I don't want to be a mayor. But uh, being a civil engineer uh, really interested me in working in D.C.'s largest municipality with the city of Vancouver, for example. It was just a great opportunity to start in the public sector. So I, I guess you were already familiar with the public sector and what that would be like to work in it with your dad. And you mentioned about your uh, education as a civil engineer. How else did that education help prepare you for even the role you have today? Yeah, well, you know, at, at the time working in Vancouver as a design engineer, I worked in a, what was known as the water design branch or sewer design branch, I designed different pavement structures and materials branch. After about three years, I kind of knew I didn't really want to be a design engineer anymore. Um, looking across the organization in the city of Vancouver, I realized I probably wanted to manage people. And I, I knew at a fairly young age that what I aspired to be was probably the city engineer in Vancouver and maybe one day the city manager in Vancouver. And it was, uh, I knew I needed some, uh, some different skills for, because there's things you learn during your engineering degree. You can be a good engineer, but it doesn't necessarily make you a good manager. Um, and I remember having a conversation with the then city manager of Vancouver standing on the street corner at the end of the day, actually going to my car, just sparked a brief conversation with him. He didn't know who I was, but I knew who he was and told him kind of, kind of very shortly what I thought I would want to do one day in Vancouver. He suggested that I consider getting my MBA. So I looked into it shortly after that, and uh, I decided to begin my journey to get my MBA at, at the University of British Columbia part-time. I was still working full-time. It took me four years to get it, but uh, that skill set alone, I learned just so much getting my MBA, and I think it definitely gave me a lot of knowledge and skills and some tools to use through my career on a personal level, as well as uh, through my career moving up to the management ranks from a design engineer. So there's no question my educational background has uh, been super beneficial for me. That's awesome, David. And I know we're going to talk a little bit more about your the leadership skills and sort of your philosophy on, on leadership. But what would you say to someone who aspires to be um, either a CAO or really a, a leader of a major public sector organization or municipality such as Calgary, how do they prepare themselves? I think good solid education is important. Another opportunity a large organization provides is career development. In working in the city of Vancouver, I only worked there for 
roughly nine years and I had uh, four different positions. And so there, there was just many opportunities to do new things. And I would suggest to people that, that people, you know, get out of their comfort zone, be comfortable taking chances and trying new things. Don't uh, pigeonhole yourself in one particular area, but branch out as much as you can, particularly if you aspire to, to, you know, move up in a large municipality throughout your career. So just yeah, get out of your comfort zone. Try and take on some additional positions where you can, where you have the opportunity. Educate yourself and learn and grow as much as possible. And I think it's always good to have a, at least a five-year plan. So I kind of have a five-year plan what you envision for your career. And if you can, even a longer-term plan. Like I said, at a fairly young age, I kind of knew what positions at the city of Vancouver I would one day would like to do. And at the end of the day, though, it comes down to you need to make sure you enjoy doing what you're doing. So the position you're in, you should, you should, you should, it shouldn't just feel like work. It should have fun. You should feel like you're learning and growing and developing. And, and, you know, if, if, if you're not doing that, then, then you should probably look at maybe doing something different because, uh, you know, it's not easy working in the municipal sector. We're heavily scrutinized by the media, heavily scrutinized by citizens, and quite frankly, heavily scrutinized by staff. So um, it's, it's a difficult job, but uh, the more tools I think you have in the toolbox, the better off for your career. I like, oh, I like the city of Calgary's four C's that you have for your culture. You have character, competence, commitment, and collaboration. As its leader, how do you see yourself contributing to this philosophy? That's a great question. And, you know, before, um, there's a few things we I looked at, my wife and I looked at before considering the position here in Calgary. And uh, one of them was, of course, the community. What did the community offer for, for our family? But secondly, what did the organization offer for, for me? And it was the four C's. Um, you know, I read it on paper and I thought, well, those are fantastic values and those kind of align with my kind of core values. And it wasn't until I got to the interview process to, until I met some of the people that I would have been working with that I thought, OK, I could tell these people actually live by these core values. So what we call the four C's in Calgary, again, the, the character, competence, commitment and collaboration are, are, you know, I try to live by them every single day. And I'm pleased to say that, you know, my entire my entire team does. So how do I contribute to it? Just that. Live by it every day on the character side, behaving the right way on on the competence side, just, you know, doing the right things. Commitment, you know, I'm fully committed to the public sector and trying to make the city of Calgary the best city in Canada. And of course, on the collaboration side, I love working with people. And uh, we've got such an incredible collaborative group here uh, at the city of Calgary. And I'm so, so pleased to be to be a part of it. So at the end of the day, just living by the values of the organization, provided they align with your core values. That's so important. And, and um, you know, we, we all hear people are our greatest assets, but, but it really is so true. And I know, if, if I understand correctly, you had an engagement survey in 2019. And what was really behind employee satisfaction was leadership impact. Do you see effective leadership in the public sector offering compared to maybe what's offered in the private sector? That's a great question. And so we we were surveying our staff every year, uh, but we do it every second year now just because we found that, you know, we 
we care what our employees say. We want to make change as an employer. We want to be an employer of choice. And we felt that we were just starting to work on the things from the previous survey. And so we didn't have enough time. So we now do it every every second year. But when it comes to the differences between the public sector and the private sector, and I've had a very short stint as a summer student, as an engineer in the private sector, my entire career really has been in the public sector. Having said that, you know, I work with here, particularly at the city of Calgary, I work with uh, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and leaders across our, our great city quite often. I meet with them fairly regularly. Unfortunately, COVID's put a bit of a dent into that. But uh, like I meet with private sector people all the time. And I would say the difference between leading in the public sector and the private sector. Private sector managers and leaders are really leading their staff. And at the end of the day, increasing shareholder wealth and value of the company. In the public sector, I mean, you're leading from from the top down, of course, with your core staff, but you're also really leading from the inside out. And I mean, our citizens are watching everything, not just I, but my leadership team does. Uh, the business community here in Calgary watches what we do. And so I would say it's probably even more difficult to be a leader in the public sector, particularly during these times uh, that we're in right now. It's uh, incredibly difficult to be an elected official anywhere in North America and perhaps the world, it's equally difficult to, 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 to be a senior leader, leader in, in a public sector as well, because mm-hmm. we're just so heavily scrutinized. So I, I, I see while there's definite similarities, there's also big differences between in the private sector versus the public sector. Yeah, because you're really leading by example as well. And we certainly have seen that over the last year with COVID and if we're, we're saying something to the public or the citizens in our communities, we need to be living those values as well. Otherwise, you know, it, it doesn't look good for the public sector. So that's definitely an important piece. I know communication was also identified as a very important aspect of leadership impact. And in cities and municipalities, you have so many diverse jobs and not all of them in the office. Many, many people are out in the field, out in the community, and don't have access to computers. As a leader of a large city, how do you ensure there's effective communication? Yeah, that's a great question because communication is so key, particularly in a large environment. So as you mentioned at the top, we have roughly 15,000 staff during COVID. 5,000 or one-third of our staff are actually working remotely. Another 10,000 roughly don't have the opportunity to work remotely because they're on the front lines. And communication is so, so important. So I'll talk a little bit about pre-COVID and talk about COVID and where we're going maybe in the future. So pre-COVID, you know, I, I try my hardest to make an effort to, to I was making an effort to, to actually go out and meet people, whether it's in the field or in large groups. And here at the City of Calgary, we're, we're very good at making sure that we pull all of our staff together at certain times to have conversations. And the face-to-face contact for me is so, so important. Then COVID, of course, came. As an organization, we pivoted, you know, pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, by, by the beginning of April, I was starting to do weekly live stream events for the entire organization. So our chief of our Calgary Emergency Management Agency and myself, 
uh, would get together for an hour once a week. We would have three to 5,000 people tuning in live and uh, it was recorded and you'd have other people, another three or 5,000 people watch it on uh, online later. But it was just an effective way to communicate, particularly during COVID, what the city was doing to not just protect citizens, but to protect staff and what to expect in the future. And we knew at a very, very early date, once it was de declared a, a pandemic, uh, once COVID was de declared a pandemic, we knew that we'd be working remotely for a year or more. So we p pivoted pretty quickly. And so there's the live stream events were super successful. I also, we put out many emails from my office, but of course, emails maybe aren't, weren't as effective as the live stream because the live stream also had an opportunity for staff to ask me questions live. Um, I knew what some of the questions were going to be ahead of time and a lot of the questions I had no idea what was coming. So it was quite authentic, I believe, uh, the answers to those questions. And at the end of the day, we had uh, the safety and welfare of our staff was top of mind. Um, so that's during COVID. Moving forward, you know, I think we're going to take a lot of the learnings by one, working remotely and communicating remotely. I'm not sure. I'll have to actually drive across the city as much anymore to actually meet with people face to face. Maybe some of it will like be like that. And other times I'll be able to do Zoom calls, for example, with teams across the city as a way to continue both in-person and virtual communication as much as possible. But the communication, particularly in a larger organization, is super, super critical because we, we I mean, the city of Calgary geographically is massive. We have 1.3 million citizens. We're spread out. Like it's a very, very large city and our operations and where people work are actually spread out across the city. It's very easy to room for rumors to start and get going. And uh, the best thing possible is just to communicate in an open, authentic way as much as possible. Not just me as city manager, but I expect that from my senior leadership team and down throughout the organization. David, was there anything else that you learned just in general in terms of leading such a large organization? I mean, the communication challenges, of course, are really uh, challenging. <laughs> Is there anything else that you uh, could share with our listeners on what you've learned? Yeah, you know what? We, we, we took some chances. We needed to empower our staff at all levels of the organization, even more than ever, to be bold. Uh, to take some risks and try and do things differently. Like we knew, like most organizations, that things were just going to be different and the status quo was no longer acceptable. So, you know, we had to trust our staff to try new things. So, for example, we were one of the first communities in Canada to do what we call adaptive roadways and shut lanes of traffic down and, you know, um, pile on them off so, that's, so that uh, citizens can get out and walk and bike and be socially distanced. And, you know, that was a bit of a risk we took. We also did online building inspection services. Like we, within a few weeks, we had that up and going. So rather than visiting sites in person, we were doing it remotely via video. Um, and again, it was about taking some risks and by and large, most of them turned out. I know some of our elected officials and some of our staff were maybe a little bit concerned about some of the things that we were doing, but we just didn't have the luxury of time. And so we just had to trust our guts and, and, and try things differently and, and empower our staff. And quite frankly, I think the staff really enjoyed that. So I, I do think post Post-COVID, we'll be doing the same thing. You know, staff want to be empowered to make decisions, and they should be. And so we'll be taking those practices moving forward and asking our staff to continue to be bold and try new things. 
Do you think maybe you would incorporate some of those things into uh, attracting new people to your organization? Uh, right now, City of Calgary, about 21% of your staff are 55 years old or older, uh, with 12% having 20 years or more of service. So you you may be looking at some uh, new openings coming up. How would you take these new learnings and perhaps uh, use them to promote yourself as an employer of choice? Well, I can tell you it's such an exciting time to join the city of Calgary. Uh, I, I think we're an employer of choice. There's no question. And we are just in the process of completely restructuring and reorganizing our operations. And uh, I actually just presented it to our city council yesterday. And it'll be announced to the organization here at the end of the month. And there's some incredible new opportunities for people that, of course, work for the city right now, but as well as people that um, may want to move up in their careers and look at Calgary as being a great place to come and join. So uh, we're, we're always looking, you know, at the demographics of our, of our employees. And I think there's no question, for example, as baby boomers retire, the demographic shifts, something that all employers and industries are, are, are watching and monitoring really, really closely. We provide our senior leaders in the organization with, you know, various trending and metrics regarding age and years of service and things like that that can that can help us make the decisions that we need to make for future recruitment. We're also on a path of being a, you know, diversity, inclusion and equity is really, really important to our elected officials, to me personally as our city manager um, and as my senior leadership team. So we're kind of changing some of our HR practices um, so, for example, when we re- recruit people, we will be scrubbing people's names and addresses. So we won't know their names. We won't know their addresses. We'll just be looking at their credentials and experience and education. And that will kind of get rid of some perhaps bias that uh, may exist right now. We're also going to have uh, in uh, I'm just going to be recruiting three of my senior general manager positions will just be uh we'll be recruiting those uh, in the months of February and March we're going to be trying something new we will be having um someone who will represent from a diversity inclusion and equity lens sitting on the panel so it won't just be myself and another general manager we'll have other people that can come in to help us maybe understand our biases when we're recruiting candidates um help and help us with this success so we're going to be doing a bunch of really cool things here at the city, and, and I think we're, we're we're really excited about what uh, lies ahead for not just the city of Calgary, the organization, but this the city of Calgary, uh, the place we live. David, I love the things that you're sharing and the innovation that the city of Calgary is undertaking as it relates to some very important elements for people practices and the learnings that you've had over the past year. So that that's a lot of work. It's, um, it's not easy being a leader of a significantly large organization. So how do you take care of yourself, your, your own mental health and physical health, so you can be there for the organization as well as your family? Yeah, that's a great question. And I've practiced this pretty much my entire life, but my future, my entire career and Everybody's different, but for me, the best stress reliever is exercise. Uh, so I've done the odd marathon and triathlon. I like to run. I like to ride my bike. Um, I love going for walks with my wife and dog. I spend a lot of time uh, with my wife outdoors. And, of course, spending as much time as possible with my family. And it's, uh, 
I really try to model that for the rest of our organization. And, you know, it was interesting moving from BC to Alberta. The one thing I noticed here uh, in Calgary, it's just got this kind of can-do entrepreneurial spirit of people just work incredibly hard here. And it was quite foreign to me in many ways compared to my experiences in, in, in BC. And I felt that as soon as I moved here. Um, and I, you know, we had people working at all hours of the day at, at the city. And, and, you know, when I became city manager, one of the very first things I told our council is I said, oh, that is going to have to stop because I can see people burning out and it's just not good for anybody. And I told them I won't be doing that. I won't be modeling that. So if you're looking to hire someone that's going to work 20 hours a day, don't hire me. I'll obviously work hard and I'll expect my team to work hard, but we need to also take care of ourselves. So it really needs to be modeled by the city manager, which I try to do every day. And I hope. I hope that our GMs do the same thing to model that type of behavior and look after ourselves and, you know, ask our employees how they're doing every now and then to make sure that we're looking after their physical and mental health as well. Well, we really appreciate you being with us here to speak to us today, David, and share with us all of your experience at the City of Calgary and even, you know, in your past working life. And it's been a great speaking with you again. It has. And I know I've learned so much just about not only the city of Calgary, but the innovative practices that you're, you're leading and your team is leading within the organization and the leadership impact that you're, you're having. And I love just hearing about the empowerment of your staff and the safety and welfare of your staff. And you're focused on people and being authentic and open. So thank you for your time today, David. Oh, thank you so much, Lisa and Lori. It was a pleasure speaking with you, and uh, thanks for having me. And we'd also like to thank Andrew Skopenko, our team member and master of technical support, who makes this all happen for us. Say hello, Andrew. Hi, everyone. Thank you very much for the input, David. It was really great to learn about uh, human resources and leadership in the public sector. And we couldn't do it without Andrew, our technical support. So an additional thanks to Jeremy Wilkoff, for our theme music and to David Hughes of Forward Law for his guidance and advice as well. And we can't forget our podcast sponsor, Lisa Fuller Consulting, providing inspired HR solutions. Hey, that's you. It is, I know, <laughs> it is me. Sponsor our own podcast. And we're ho- we hope you all join us for our next podcast. Bye for now. Bye. See ya.